Um, all right, so really glad you guys are here. So tonight we are talking about uh, youth sports, all right, and parenting. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this is something that's been in my heart for a really long time. Um, and I think, one, just because I have seen it from all different sides. Um, I have two kids that have been involved with youth sports since, you know, they were three or four. You know, started with soccer, gone all the way through. My daughter is a senior now. Uh, she plays lacrosse for Westland. She runs cross country. My son also plays lacrosse. He's a swimmer. Um, but we went all the way through all those different age group sports up through high school. Um, I see it from the coaching standpoint. I was a, I coached most of my kids' sports all the way through, and I'm still a coach. You know, for the last 15 years, I've been coaching in some capacity. And right now, I coach a swim team at Stafford Hills Club. I coach junior high and high school age swimmers. And I'm also an assistant coach at Lake Ridge High School, and I coach there too. And swimming is a big passion of mine, so I love that. So I've got the parent angle, the coaching angle. Um, myself, I was an athlete. You know, I could still think of myself as an athlete, but I grew up doing a whole bunch of different sports as well. Um, swimming has always been my passion. And I also was fortunate enough to kind of take it to that next level that I think where most parents want to see their kids go, and that was to compete um, in a collegiate level. You know, as a D1 swimmer, I swam for the University of Texas. You know, my senior year in high school to be recruited by them was dream come true. They were national champions my senior year in high school. We won two more national championships my freshman and sophomore year. But this is the caveat. I always have to add this in there. I was the equivalent of a third-string quarterback, all right? I did not contribute a single point to those national championships, so full disclosure. Um, but I was thrilled to be a part of that team, and it was very, very formative, and it was brutal. You know, we think so often, oh, I just want my kids to, to compete in college. It'll be amazing. And it, it's a job. If you think it's a job when they're younger, it is a job when you're older. And I burnt out. But through that, I also came to know the Lord and know my wife. That's a whole other story. Um, so I've got the kids that have done it. I've coached it. I'm an athlete myself. Um, and also, I am fiercely, fiercely competitive. Um, and sometimes that has served me really well. And other times, it has been a disaster. I, I've said things that I regret. My mouth is open. You know, I'm the guy. I have yelled at refs. I have yelled at players. I have yelled at other parents. I hope I'm not the only one in this room that has ever done that. But I have also gone back, and I have apologized to parents. I've apologized to refs, you know, because I recognize in the moment that competitiveness overwhelms me, and I say things I wish I wouldn't have said, right? And it's, it's not healthy. It's not, it's not good. Um, but then lastly, too, like, I love Jesus. Okay, I want to win, but I love Jesus. And I really see everything in life as a platform for the gospel, you know, youth sports included. But so often I have these conversations with parents, and we buy into the lie, we buy into the culture, the youth culture. It's like we kind of check our faith at the door, and we cannot do that. It's way too big, way too important. Um, so what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all right? And obviously, you know there is good in this. You, you, your kids wouldn't be doing it otherwise. There's great stuff for kids to be involved in sports, okay? It's fun. They're learning a new skill. They make friends. They learn perseverance, okay? They learn how to be gracious winners, okay? They learn how to step back up and try again when they lose. Wonderful, great things. You know, teamwork, you know, that comes from youth sports. But also, we know there's the bad. There is the ugly. There's the things that can really hurt our kids. And sometimes we as parents... We hurt our kids um, just in the way that we treat their sport and how we attack that and what we talk about. So there's good things and there's bad things. Um, and what I want to do, I want to hit us like really, really big picture first. Okay, there's eight things that I want to talk about, but I want to start with kind of an overarching theme. 
And that's, this is not just true for just you know, being sports parents, but just in life. I think this is a wonderful philosophy in life. Um, this comes from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verses 24 and 25. And I picked this because, one, it's athletic imagery, and I love that, and it ties into what we're talking about now. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Okay, I love that. And not just for sports. Again, it's, it's bigger than that, but for sports in particular. And I know Christian sports programs, Christian schools, okay, they love this verse, but they love it for the wrong reason, okay? Because they use it as the pep talk right before they take the field, but they're talking about winning right now in the moment. But Paul is talking about the eternal victory, okay? Winning in the thing that matters most, that will last forever, well into eternity, beyond that season, beyond that competition, beyond that race. Um, so it's about being the best that you can be now, not just for now, but for, but for the future, to be an athlete that honors God. And for us, as parents in this, we are honoring the Lord in how we are approaching you know, youth sports too. So you break this down into two parts. Number one, run in such a way as to get the prize. Go for it. Go into strict training. Crush it. Kill it. Work hard. But number two, the right prize is the eternal one. And I think when it comes to sports, we kind of we, we get so caught up in what's happening right now, this particular competition, this match, this game, this whatever, and we don't see the bigger picture. So yeah, run in such a way as to get the prize, but the right prize is the eternal one. And that's not for your kids, that's for you as the parent in the role that you're playing. Um, I think that's really important. And if you're competitive and you want to win, win. <laughs> but win at the things that that really, that really matter. Because um, the problem is, is eternal glory versus earthly glory. You know, you can, and we focus on the wrong thing all the time, I think. Heavenly rewards versus earthly rewards. It's the eternal versus the momentary. All right? Those are two very, very drastic things. And um, that's why sometimes winning can feel hollow you know, in the moment. You think, once I've achieved it, I've gotten that, that platform, I made it. But it just doesn't ring true. It doesn't last. It's not meant to. All right. So there's something bigger. So what we're going to be talking about is winning in the right ways. Okay. Be the best parents we could be for our kids in these sports, um, and something bigger than just the uh, the earthly victory. So this is what I'm. This is a little wordy. I know. But this is what I'm calling this: the eight principles of eternal prize-minded sports parents. Okay. I will not take the the, the time to copyright that, but. <laughs> Eight principles of eternal prize-minded sports parents. Okay, these are the things that I've struggled with and worked on and honed and want to be and live out. Um, and I've not done it perfectly by any means. So number one, so these are the principles. Okay, number one, oh, let me also clarify. When I'm talking new sports, I'm talking about basically up through middle school. I recognize in high school it takes on, it's a different animal. There's different accountability. A lot of what I'll be saying applies to all ages, all, you know, all levels. Um, you know, but also, but I'm talking primarily it's middle school and down. But the principles, they still apply for the most part, everywhere. All right, so number one, don't make you sports about winning. Okay, you can win and you can still lose. Um, and there are extreme examples of that. I don't know if you guys ever saw this example. Um, there was a, uh, a, a dad whose daughter played tennis. I think this happened in France. 
and he was drugging his daughter's opponents. Can I react? You know, this is extreme. He was squirting something into their water bottles to make them sluggish while they played, and whatever his dosage was, he put too much in, and actually it, it killed a girl, all right? Over, over tennis, okay? So that's an extreme example to win at all costs. But also there's really unfortunate examples. Um, I have a friend, um, his, uh, his name is JJ. His son was playing uh, t-ball, okay, t-ball. He's like four or five years old, and even though you're hitting a ball off a tee, you still have a pitcher, okay? Someone in the outfield is standing there. The, the, the pitcher is this, the closest one to the tee. Um, and so what was happening is one particular game, it's the first game of the season, um, they, the other team put their, their tallest, fastest, strongest kid as, as pitcher. So my friend's team, JJ's team, every time they hit a bat, remember they're like four or five, they're not hitting it into the outfield, it's barely trickling off the tee, the other kid, I think his name was Billy. Why I remember that, I do not know. <laughs> Billy would just run over, grab the ball, and tag the kid before he would ever make it to first base. No one on my friend's team even made it to first base. And Billy's parents were going nuts, cheering, yelling, screaming like he's the greatest athlete you know, the world has ever seen. And parents were getting frustrated. Kids didn't have any fun, okay, because it was all about winning. Um, my kids both play lacrosse, and, and it's kind of a joke that I even help coach lacrosse. My son loves to bring up the fact, hey, Dad, remember when you used to coach my lacrosse team? Um, but I did it with someone who was very knowledgeable. And in West Lynn, I love the way they do this. You know, when they're we're going through the ranks, uh, when they're starting really young, first grade, second grade on up, every kid plays every position. Um, and they do it in lacrosse. There's a goalie. you got your defense. You have your midfield. You have your attack. And in Westland, they would kind of line you up, and they'd have um, you know, three defenders. They would play for a while, then they would move up to midfield. The midfield would move to attack. Attack would rotate out. Everyone played roughly the same amount. Everyone played every position. Um, and the goalie, one goalie first half, one goalie second half. We lost a lot of games. And the reason we would lose these games is because typically the other team, their strongest, fastest, biggest kids would be on attack. And lacrosse is all about really good, fast, hard passes. Well, you don't have to pass if you have someone bigger, faster, stronger than anyone else. And they would just run through the ranks and just score. So typically, we would lose to teams where the other team would score, same, same kid would score three, four, or five goals. Um, but what I thought was fascinating was all these kids, it's a theater program, all the way up into the high school. And so these kids that were coming from all these different schools, um, uh, uh, West Lynn was just crushing them in high school. All right, but when the kids were younger, you wouldn't have seen it, but they developed them as players. They played every position, win or lose. You didn't yank out your bad kids, put in your best kids. I thought it was fantastic, but the competitor means like, oh my gosh, I really want to win. All right, but like the kids learned something really amazing through that. And then as they got older, middle school is where they started to specialize, and it worked out, okay? Don't make these sports about winning. If you've heard me talk about parenting before, you've probably heard me talk about this. One of the things we've instilled in our kids when they were very, very young, uh, we call it the go for it attitude. And our kids know that we expect them to go for it, whatever it is, to go for it. They don't have to win. They don't have to be the best. They just have to try. And then we celebrate the try. Win or lose, success or failure, we celebrate the try. And then the pressure's off. We just want to see them going for it. Um, and, uh, and that's been something really healthy, I think, and good for, for our family. And remember, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. And I do not want to crush my kids because they're not winning. 
Uh, Mason played one year or one season of flag football, and his team was awful. They lost every game. I don't think, I don't know if he even scored a touchdown that whole season, but Mason loved it. The highlight of this season, he ran off the field and said, Dad, Dad, did you see me almost get that kid's flag? And he was so happy. And again, they lost like 48 to nothing, you know, but he was having fun. Let him have fun, all right? I thought that was great. Um, so celebrating you know, the teamwork and the good sportsmanship, you know, there's friendships in the sports. You know, finishing a hard season, there's victory in that, finishing out you know, a, difficult, a difficult season. Um, and you know, I think it's always character building, you know, the resilience that comes from sports. I mean, there's so many good things for sports, more than just winning. And the thing is, too, this is where so many parents make that mistake. They think, okay, when they're young, like you're starting, you're, you're looking too far ahead. It's not just this enjoying the season, enjoying the now. You're looking too far ahead. You know, and I know too many parents that are trying to steer their kids away from sports or kids might want to do to the kids, the sports that the parents think they might be most successful in. And you have no way of knowing where sports will take your kids. Um, I feel very fortunate. You know, I did a lot of different sports while I swam, but I always had to quit those other sports because swimming was my passion, my love, my focus. And it took me really, really far. And, you know, I'm still benefiting from the swimming career that I had. And I still love the sport. Um, but it doesn't always, you know, go down that way. Um, and the whole reason I started swimming, I will never forget this moment, it was because it was like the first week of summer vacation, and I had more energy than my mom knew what to do with. I was driving her crazy. She was standing, like, leaning up against the, 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 the kitchen wall with a newspaper, and she says, oh, there's swim team tryouts next week. Do you want to do that? And I'm like, sure. And that, who knew, but that set me on this course. She could have said there's badminton tryouts next week, and I would have said, sure. So you just, you don't know, all right? Focus on the now. Don't worry about that. And also, the problem is when we make it about more than just having fun, that's when we start putting too much pressure on our kids, and that always, always backfires. There's a couple of videos I'm going to show you. This one just, I don't know what was going on in youth Canadian uh, hockey, but they have all these public service uh, messages, and this is, this is one of them. Find your stance a little. Don't slouch. And don't screw up. This is the big leagues. What are you doing? Keep around the ball. That was pathetic. Sorry. Yeah, well, sorry doesn't be cutting. <laughs> okay, I love that. There's something so funny about it when you see it reversed. Like, that's really comical, but. Just as easily, you could see it the other way, and it would not be funny at all. Um, I love this, too. This is, um, there's a, a, a soccer league somewhere in, in Colorado. They put these at all the soccer fields. Reminders from your child. I am a kid. It's just a game. My coach is a volunteer. The officials are human. No college scholarships will be handed out today. Okay? Sometimes I think... We need that reminder, okay? So that was number one. It's not about winning. Number two, don't make your child's sport an idol or his or her success in that sport. And this could be really tricky. I get that. I understand that because your life can start revolving around it. Um, I think T-shirts like this, I, I can't stand stuff like this. And it's not just true about football. I've seen this for every sport. Football is life. The rest is just details. 
Okay, I would never let my kids wear one of these kind of shirts. All right, it, it sends the wrong message because you're more than your sport. This is making an idol out of your sport. Um, it is too easy, I think it's really easy to get wrapped up, your identity to get wrapped up, your self-worth to get wrapped up into sports where you have to win even to feel good about yourself. And that was one of the, the negative side effects of where my swimming career took me. If I wasn't winning, I was miserable because um, it had become an idol for me. And I had parents, unfortunately, they kind of championed the wrong thing in that, um, which I wish they hadn't. So come on in, Glade. Um, so uh, there's obviously there's something way more important than just your child's sport. Um, you know, it's, it's, their it's your family, it's your school, it's friends, it's other hobbies. You know, if they have a faith, you know, it's their ongoing relationship, you know, at church with their friends here and, um, you know, growing in the youth ministry or the children's ministry. Um, don't just single out this one aspect and, and elevate it above everything else. But it, become really, it can be really tempting to do so, especially if your son or daughter starts to shine in a special place, um, in a special way. So here are 10 signs, right? 10 questions to ask yourself if maybe you're starting to make your, uh, your child's sport an idol. Um, number one, do the majority of your conversations with your kids revolve around their sports? Do you talk about other things, or is that what you keep coming back to over and over again? Number two, are your kids' sports preventing them and you from going to church, Bible studies, retreats? Do you find yourself frequently saying, oh, we can't do that, my kids have practice, or we can't do that, uh, we, we've got to meet? Um, obviously, sometimes you're going to miss. I mean, I wish we, and I know at one time our culture did, Sunday was pretty sacred, and it's not anymore. Um, it kills me that on Sunday nights, my daughter will have a lacrosse practice if they have a game on Monday. And competitions are typically over the weekend, so I'm not saying you, you can never miss church, but are you? Constantly, always missing opportunities on weeknights and weekdays. Um, always makes me sad. You know, I, I do these father-son camps, these father-daughter camps, and I'll have dads tell me, oh, I can't do that. My, my, my son you know, has a soccer game. Like, your son is five. You know, you know, he, can, he can miss a soccer game. He won't remember having played in that soccer game, but he'll remember that weekend with you. Like, sometimes you know, other things trump sports. Uh, number three, uh, does a loss at a competition ruin your day? Not your kid's day. Does it ruin your day or your weekend? Uh, number four, do you take pride in the craziness of your sports schedule? You know, I've talked to some of those parents. Like it's a badge of honor that they're driving all over town, all over the city, all over the state, you know, because of their sports schedules. Um, are, you, uh, are you more willing to drive your son or your daughter to a practice than you are to a Bible study at church? And I never would have thought, I, I met a mom as a couple years ago who uh, her daughter was a really good soccer player, and, and that mom drove her daughter everywhere, going to soccer, going to soccer, going to soccer. But she didn't want to drive her to church for a Bible study. She's like, no, I drive my daughter all of, we drive too much as it is. I, I'm not, no, it's not worth it to me to take my daughter to church for a, a weekday Bible study. Like, that is such a crazy message that you're sending your kids. Number six, can you find joy in cheering on your kids just because they are your kids, or does it depend on their level of success in their sport? Hey, do you just enjoy it because you're out there and doing something? That should be enough for us as parents. Um, number seven, 
Are you pushing your kids to do things outside of their normal practices when they have no interest or desire to pursue those things? Um, I'm talking about private lessons or watching film or you know, extra weight sessions. If your kid wants those things, okay, that's awesome. All right? But if you're pushing that, that might not be healthy. Um, number eight, uh, do you pay for goals or baskets uh, or points? Right? Do you keep track of stats? Um, I know dads who pay their kids for the number of goals that their son could score in a soccer season. And the message that sends that kid is, oh, wow, I, I got to score, I got to score, I got to score. He was a horrible teammate. Never wanted to pass the ball. I just wanted to score goals. Um, number nine, do you, uh, do you encourage a win-at-all-cost attitude? Like, do you promote winning above everything else? And uh, I've got three nephews. Two of them both played uh, football in Texas, where, you know, in Texas, football is God. And I remember one of my nephews telling me, this is so awful, but one of his teammates, his dad had died like that week. You know, early in, in that Friday night, they're playing a football game, and somehow members of the other team knew that this young man had just lost his dad. They used that to get into his head. They're taunting him the whole game about his dad having passed away. Like That just makes me sick. It makes me sick, all right? But winning at all costs. Number 10... Do you spend time as a family doing things other than your kids' sports? That's really important, too. Um, and I think one of the problems is we can be so over-involved in the sports arena, sports world, that we're under-involved in things that really that do matter, that build lifetime memories and friendships among the family. When we first moved to Oregon, the first thing we're going to do is like, oh, we've got to get our kids involved in sports. We've got to get them signed up for soccer. You know, that's how they'll make friends. That's how we'll meet people. But we moved here in September. We missed all the deadlines, and we couldn't get our kids on a team. And we were so disappointed. But what that did was it gave us free weekends. Um, we got to explore Oregon. We went on hikes. We went camping. We, I mean, it was incredible. It was a gift for our family to suddenly have free weekends. Okay? All right, so that's number two. Number three, don't wrap your identity into your child's sport. Okay? Don't make your child's sport an idol, but don't wrap your own identity into your child's sport. Um, just like your kid is more than your sport, you are more than your kid's sport. You might find things like this, you know, um, kind of cute. I don't. I don't like the message that things like this send. You know, the soccer mom license plate. Like, you're more than a soccer mom. All right? You have a kid that plays soccer, but you're not a soccer mom. There's more to that. Um, I'm a mitt fine and uniform washing, water bottle filling, carpool driving, picture taking, always cheering baseball mom. Okay, but you're more than that, way more than that. All right? And it's true for dads, too. You can be a volleyball dad. Um, I, I, I think there's subtle messages that we're sending our kids, we're telling ourselves. You know, um, I, you know, I have friends or email addresses, you know, baseballmom at yahoo.com. I'm like, but you're more than that, way more than that. Don't wrap your identity into your kids' sports. I think that's really, really important. And that can be a challenge, especially as your kids start finding success in their sports. Um, the uh, message we send our, it, it, this, the message we send our kids is very egocentric. If our whole world revolves around them um, and getting them to practice, getting them uh, to games, and for you personally, it is okay to miss a game. It is okay for you as a parent to miss a game. That is not the gold standard of parenting. You can miss. It sends a message to your kid. I would encourage you to go to most of the games, for sure, when you're there cheering on and cheering in the best way possible. But if you've got a conflict, don't feel guilty about it. 
Don't let your kids make you feel guilty about it. You have a life outside of your children. Again, you need to be at most of the games. That's super important. But if you miss one, it is okay. Your kids need to know that you love them more than just for their sport, okay? You're not only showing them love by showing up. Uh, and, you know, some of you know I, I did a survey of all these, these women in our church talking about the relationship they have with their dads. And a lot of them are like, wow, I, I, I think my dad loved me. He never said it. But the one thing he did do was he came to my sporting events. I'm like, okay, if that's the only way you're communicating, communicating love, well, you're, you're missing something. Okay, it has to be, it has to be more um, than that. And this is when we start really pressuring our kids because we're making it about us. We want them to succeed so we feel better about ourselves. You know, and there's bragging rights when you're talking about the college scholarship or the victories or the championships or the records. Uh, we feel good about that. Um, but it's, it, it's just not, it's not healthy. Um, when I started swimming, you know, I, I was pretty successful when I was younger, you know, kind of going up through middle school. And then at 15, you know, I was a very, very late bloomer. And puberty was not kind to me. And I was that awkward, uh, you know, gangly, uh, uncoordinated kid. And my swimming, where before I, I, was, I was pretty successful, it just tanked. And I was getting last place in the worst meets, you know, in the slowest heat. And I still loved to swim, but it embarrassed my parents. And I remember my mom trying to convince me, you know, maybe this isn't your sport. Maybe it's time to move on. And even at that, at 15, I knew it was more about her than it was about me. Um, my parents, they loved me in some amazing ways through sports. I'll share some more stories later. But they hurt me, too. And that was a painful, hurtful thing because I knew it was more about them uh, than it was about, about me. And that, but I stuck with it. And then a couple years later, well, suddenly there were, there were college scholarships, and, and it, it all changed. But I love to swim, whether I was at this level or this level. It was just it was part of who I am. Um, don't put pressure on your kids and make it about, about you. All right? And, and, and it, it can't be – sometimes I feel like my parents' love for me was very conditional, you know, based on how well I was competing, where I was at. Um, and that's a really poor message, a negative message that we send uh, – to our parents. All right, here's another video. I think this one is pretty telling, too. Go get that donkey. Hey, hey, you're going the wrong way. Come on. We got slaughtered at musical chairs. We've practiced this at home a million times. We are losing. I can't believe I missed Pilates with this. <laughs> Let's go play some hockey in Canada. I don't know what is going on? But like that is so foolish, right? Like to picture that scenario. But those exact words come out of parents' mouths when it relates to their kids' sports. Is that's funny? But nowhere else. All right. So I think we have to be very, very careful. All right, in the message that we're sending to our kids and how we're encouraging them or uh, putting pressure on them. All right. Number three was this, don't wrap your identity into your child's sport. Number four, model grace to coaches, refs, and parents. We've talked about some things not to do. This is huge, modeling grace to coaches, refs, and other parents. Um, remember, we are competing for the eternal prize, all right, the prize that really matters, the gospel platform that the Lord has given us where we're honoring the Lord in our attitude, our actions, it's our thoughts, what we say, how we, you know, how we, we uh, carry ourselves. It's, it's the bigger picture. Um, 
I had this epiphany, this crazy moment. Um, I get really irritated by other parents at games. You know, and when the, the way they're yelling or cheering, especially when it's really negative or ugly. Like, I, I hate that. And when Maddie was, she was really young, I want to say maybe eight or nine playing soccer. Um, this is this wreck soccer. And Maddie, it was the game of her life. All right? She had scored two goals. It was exciting. It was fun. We're all clapping. And then um, she, was, she was dribbling the ball. She's down on the other side of the field where the other team's parents were sitting. And I hear this woman just start yelling, going, get that girl. Get her. Get her. She's not better than you. You're better than her. Take her out. And for a minute, I didn't know she was talking about Maddie. And I, then I looked, and Maddie was dribbling, just kind of oblivious. And I, that woman was like right in her face. You're not that special. You're not that good. Okay, Papa Bear, I'm like, Whoom. I mean, I was furious. And I started to walk over there and say, you're not going to talk to my daughter that way. This is a God-intervening moment because I paused, and I just stared at her, the veins bulging in her neck, the spit flying. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is really important to her. Like, this woman, she has to win this game. This has nothing to do with her daughter. This has everything to do with her. And I just kind of watched it unfold, and then my heart broke for her. And that's when God gave me this word. It's like, everyone is trying to make life work. We are all trying to make life work. And for whatever reason, this woman, all her eggs were in this one basket of having to win this eight-year-old soccer game. And it was pathetic. But I never said anything to her. I kind of stepped back. I thought that was really unfortunate. Um, but people have that mindset. And there's certainly a lack of grace that comes towards coaches, refs, you know, other, other parents, other players. I love this quote. All right? It has nothing to do with sports specifically. But it's treat everyone as a gentleman, not because they are, but because you are. You need to be in control of your actions, your feelings, the things that are coming out of your mouth. You know, I'm the guy. Remember, I, I've, things have come out, and I wish... I could have grabbed them and pulled them back in before anyone else heard them. And then I feel my wife's hand on my arm. Like, oh, Mike. And I'm like, I know, I know. Um, remember, no one is perfect. You know, thank coaches. Thank referees. I mean, ref I don't know why you would want to be a referee. I don't know. What, how, those people, it's incredible to me. Um, the first time I thanked a referee, I will never forget this. It was after a game. This guy had been, it's a lacrosse game. He'd been yelled at, screamed at, parents were furious. After the game was over, I see him. I start walking up towards him. He sees me coming. He looks at me and goes, what the hell do you want? I wanted, to, I wanted to say thanks. That was a really hard game. You did a great job. I know you have a thankless job. I appreciate what you did. You kept the kids safe. Thank you. And he, uh, he didn't know what to say after that. You know, like, That's a guy that's never got thanked. Right? He's just getting bombarded and hated. And uh, anyway, thank, thank refs. Um, do not look at the other team as the enemy. They are not the bad guy. You are not the good guy. It is not you against them, all right? Don't look at that kid. If it's an individual sport and someone's going head-to-head, -head, like tennis is a perfect example, you know, that, it's, it's not like, how dare that kid want to take on my kid? Like, ooh, I don't like him. He's the enemy. No, no, no. They're playing a game. All right? It's designed that way. One's going to win, one's going to lose. It's not epic failure and, you know, glory forever. It's just a game. Um, and you have to be in control of that and check. I think it's amazing when I see this, if you can do this, where you can just applaud the performance of, of someone who's not on your team, you know, just because of the sake of what they accomplished or what they did. There's beauty in that, joy in that. Like gymnastics, I'm sure you see it all the time. Like, oh, my gosh, that is incredible. 
Um, I weep when I see things like that. It's just, I'm just so blown away by what people are capable to do. Like in the sports arena, it's, it's beautiful. Whether it's my kid or not, I want to just enjoy it for the sake of enjoying it. You know, are you able to congratulate your child's opponent? Um, and uh, the, uh, just the importance of remembering this is a gospel platform that you have. You know, this is your chance to reach out to other parents, you know, to model Christ-like love, forgiveness, grace, humility. Um, I hate to think if I've, I mean, I know, I'm sure I've, I've wounded my Christian um, just platform by things that I have said or done, but I've also been very quick to apologize. Um, I don't know, maybe you need to apologize, but just it's a gospel platform. You're, you're representing Christ in your actions, your behaviors as a, uh, as a youth parent. All right, number five, champion your child in things that matter most. And again, it's not the win. Champion your child of things that matter most. Um, I, I call this the game within the game. You know, there's the football game, the basketball game, whatever it is. But then inside of the points and the baskets and the goals, how are the kids treating one another? You know, are there examples of good sportsmanship or resiliency, you know, or being, like, being knocked down and then fighting back up again? Um, I remember being at, it was actually Westland High School's football state championship. And I, twice, I saw one time a ref got his hat knocked off. I saw a player go over, grab the hat, gave it back to the ref. I'm like, dude, way to go, all right? I saw a ref get knocked down and saw a player go over there, help the ref back up. One of the greatest sports stories I ever heard, this is from youth baseball. Um, it was a dad telling me this story. Um, his son was uh, like 10 or 11 years old, and he was running to second base. He was slid into second base. Um, the second baseman tagged him. The, the, the umpire was a teenage boy who uh, didn't make the call. He just kind of like, uh, just froze. And so you have two teams yelling, he's safe, he's safe, he's safe. He's out, he's out, he's out. They're going back and forth, back and forth. And the teenager's like, uh, didn't know what to say. You know, whatever call you make, you're going to be loved or hated. He didn't make the call. The dad from the sidelines yells, hey, son, did he get you? All right, are, are you safe or were you out? And he goes, he got me, dad. To me, that is worth 100 victories, okay? And he just trotted off the field. The, the, the integrity, the honor, like, just, he, he could have lied. Nobody knew. He's like, nope, he got me, Dad. And there was the end of that. That's a champion moment. I love that. Champion your child the things that matter most. Um, you know, it's the sportsmanship, the work ethic, the teamwork. Um, I've heard this before. Like, all parents need to support, like, grandparents. You know, when my grandparents would come watch me compete, like, they were clueless. They're just happy to be there, happy to see me do whatever. It was really sweet, but I'm the one that stresses out, I guess, super competitive. Um, you know, it's okay to be disappointed for your kids, but it's not okay to be disappointed in them, especially when you know they gave it their all. This is one of the bad sports parenting moments that I experienced when um, I was in high school, and all season long, all right, this other kid and I, the same, we were teammates, we were friends, we went back and forth, back and forth in the 100 meter freestyle. And so when it came time to decide who was gonna be on the state relay, the coach said, all right, this is your last shot. It's the last meet before state. Whoever wins the 100 free uh, in your individual race, that's who I'm gonna put on the relay, all right? So that's a lot of pressure, like I wanted to be on that relay. 50, it's a 100 meter race, one flip turn. Never in my life have I had such a horrible flip turn. I, I don't know what happened. I'd missed the wall, barely kicked off the wall. It cost me it, really just a couple tenths of a second. But that's also how much I lost the race by. And I was furious. I was so upset, so disappointed in myself. I knew I could have done better. And I went in the locker room, and I was in the corner, and I was mad. And then my dad walks in. All right, what do you think I needed at that moment? 
I needed a hug. I needed my dad just to come up and say, hey, it's okay, there'll be other races. Instead, what I got was, oh my gosh, Mike, you sure did miss that flip turn. And I erupted. Like, Dad, you don't think I know that? Do you not think I'm pissed right now? Do you not think I realized I just blew it? Do you think you could do better? That's the last thing I said. And then I, I left. I stormed out of there. And now it was ice cold. And I was furious, okay? He was disappointed for me, but it felt like he was disappointed in me. All right? He could have handled that much better. And I remember even in that moment thinking, if I ever have kids, I'm not going to put that kind of depression on them. And remember, when you're championing your child, don't coach from the sidelines. That is so obnoxious to the other parents and to the players. Don't, you're not the coach. You are the parent. Your job is there to cheer support and not talk negatively about the other team, but to support and cheer in the most positive way uh, that you can. Um, and don't coach on the way home. All right? Don't save it, save it, save it. On that drive home, start coaching your kid and all the things he could or she should have done or whatever. That's really hard for me. You know, like I want to because I want to see my kids get better and I see things that maybe they don't see. I'm not their coach. All right? So I've learned just to ask, hey, did you have fun out there? What did you learn today? What did your coaches say after the game? Um, is there anything that you think you could do better? And then when they tell me, I don't go, oh, yeah, you know that's right. And I don't chime in on it. I'm like, okay, well, great. Well, good luck with that next time. Sometimes I have to bite my tongue. Um, but sometimes it's hard because you are their coach. Okay? So you have to remember, okay, now I'm wearing my coach hat. Now I'm wearing my dad hat. And those are two very different hats. So, yeah. So, so do you kind of have some separation? Do you kind of ask for Hey, now's the time we're going to kind of go through this stuff, and then I'm done. Yeah, and it's when I'm, if I'm not the whole team at the end of a practice or a game, I'm a, he's part of that or she's part of that. You know, and if I think, hey, just like I would pull a kid aside to talk about, hey, this is something I noticed on whatever, but I do it in the, in the sports arena. It's at the pools, at the lacrosse field. But when you start driving home, I'm like, okay, now I'm dad. But they ever come to me and ask, all right, Dad, you know, and really the only thing I'm competent in coaching is swimming. Let's just get that out there. Um, but if they ever ask me something, well, I'm happy to chime in and contribute. But I don't want to make it about that. So um, that, that, could be, uh, that could be challenging. Um, just one more quote that I want to share uh, that I think this is really telling and important, too. Um, this is from a book called Humility, True Greatness by C.J. Mahaney. There is uh, nowhere is the word great mentioned more often in our culture than in the context of professional sports. Yet it may well be that nowhere in our culture is the absence of true greatness more evident than in professional sports. So be careful about cultivating an excessive love for, your, for professional or collegiate athletics in your child. That was incredibly convicting to me as a fan of the University of Texas football program. I realize I have just sent really horrible messages to my kids because what happens is subconsciously they're picking up like, wow, dad's most excited when he's watching college football. That, that, that kind of ruined dad's day when the Longhorns lost, all right? Wait, is, what does he think about me, you know, my sports? Does he think I need to be able to play at that level? Would he be more proud of me if I played at that level? I don't want to elevate that over, you know, what they're doing right now, all right? So I've had to kind of, I enjoy football. I love watching college football, but I've had to kind of pull back, I think, wisely on uh, how I'm cheering that on and the thoughts that I have for that, okay? So that was champion your child and the things that matter most. And then this, let your child determine his or her athletic path. Um, and that's within reason, of course. But I think it's great and awesome, obviously, to introduce your kids to different sports. Like, they might not never go out for something. If you say, hey, would you like to try soccer? Would you like to try tennis? You know, you can introduce. 
All right? They need to finish that season out. That's really important. You know, if they don't like it after a while, it's too hard, it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too rainy. You finish out that season. There's something to be learned in that. So, yes, introduce them to different sports. Um, let your kids play sports they're not good at. Remember, it's supposed to be fun, just not the things that you think they will excel at. You know, just a couple years ago, Maddie out of the blue said, I want to play basketball. I was like, really? All right, let's play basketball. She played basketball, and she had a great season. She enjoyed it. You know, it was just a one-time thing. Um, remember, it's not about you. you know, just because you played baseball in college doesn't mean that your son's going to play baseball in college or will even want to. Let them pick it and let them determine their level of commitment to it um, if they're really going to go for it. The thing is, if they're, it has to be intrinsically motivated. Right? You cannot motivate your kids right? to, to a small degree that you can all right, to win. But intrinsically, like, I, I wanted to win. You know, I wanted to compete. I wanted to be the best that I could. I didn't need my parents egging me on. Um, I had it in me to do that. It has to be intrinsically motivated. Sometimes parents will say, how can I motivate my kids? I tell them, you can't, and you shouldn't be, all right? They have to want to do it, or, or, or they don't need to do it. But if you're the one making it all happen, that will only get you so far before they'll get burnt out, not enjoy it anymore, and then want to quit. Um, you know, you're talking about like, with gymnastics, you know, and all these, this research was done on the hardest sports out there. Gymnastics is, is considered the most difficult sport, followed by swimming. And my college coach said, no one picks swimming. Okay, swimming picks you. There has to be something wrong in your brain to want to swim and stare at a line at the bottom of the pool hour after hour after hour. And gymnastics, like the mental toughness, you know, a lot of sports require mental toughness, I know, but something about that, I think, in the discipline that it takes. It is incredible. But your kids want to do it, you know? And so um, my swimming deal, you know, I swam on a club team from the time I was eight, you know, all the way up through college. I loved it. It's what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I've shared some stories about, my, you know, where my parents have that kind of took the wrong approach. But this is something they did that I will always be thankful for. When my mom um, and my dad, when they passed away, um, I shared this story at their memorial. Um, when I showed an interest in swimming at eight, you know, we had this little bitty uh, a town that didn't have a swim team. So my parents started a swim team. They went to a pool. They contracted with the pool. They hired a coach. They recruited other families to participate in the swim team. Um, it got to the point where they wanted to host a swim meet. So my dad went to a official training school to become an official so he could host a swim meet. Our pool didn't have starting blocks. So my dad and a neighbor welded starting blocks. I mean, it was incredible. And as an eight-year-old, I had no appreciation for that. I, I look back on that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe my parents did that for me. And it was incredible because I loved to swim, okay? And, and again, I was committed to that all the way through. Um, so remember, it has to be intrinsically motivated. It's, it has to do with, with the, your child's wiring. Um, and then if they're the ones driving it, that's what's gonna avoid the burnout. And along these same lines, um, when you let your child determine his or her athletic uh, uh, a path, don't put pressure on your kids. They feel it. They know that it's there. They don't need you to remind them, this is a really important game. This is a really important match or competition or whatever it is. If your kid doesn't know that, then God bless them. I mean, that's awesome. They just show up and do their best and not worry, but like, I would have sleepless nights, there was anxiety, and I, would, I felt the tension and the pressure. Um, I didn't need my parents reminding me 
what was at stake? Because I knew that leads to burnout. Um, the, uh, especially, I think, it was individual sports that we've mentioned, you know, like golf or tennis or swimming or track or anything that you're going head-to-head -head with one other person. That's really hard. That's gladiator style. Um, you don't need to add pressure. The pressure's there. Um, they don't need that reminder. One of the most amazing things my dad did for me, and I'm so thankful for this, this was my senior year in high school, and it was a big competition that none of the parents were traveling. We're traveling with our coach. It was a big deal because I was right on that edge. Will there be college scholarships or not? And I was just right on the edge of making my national times. I hadn't quite got, gotten there yet. And my dad woke up early in the morning. The coach was out there, picked me up in the 12-passenger van. And my dad, and I just was so afraid he was going to try to give me this pep talk. That was the moment. All he did was hug me. He just gave me a hug. That's what I needed before and didn't get. He got it that time. And I remember relaxing in his arms thinking, all right, he's for me. He gets it. I know there's a lot at stake. Thanks for not reminding me, okay? Let your child determine his or her athletic path, um, and then they will have success, and you could be for them. All right, two more. Number seven, the journey is more important than the finish line or the team's record. Um, I love this quote here. It is good to have an end to the journey. Uh, it is, I'm sorry. It is good to have an end to journey towards, but it is a journey that matters in the end. Um, your child's season is not wasted if they lose the championship, okay? There's so much to learn and experience and love, the battles that take place, all the obstacles you overcome, just in the midst and the course of the season. Um, it's not only worth it if you got that, that victory. You know, we're talking about, the, again, the gymnastics training. Like I trained for swimming. It was six days a week. It was 20-plus hours a week. And I was a glutton for punishment. I worked, I worked, I worked. And the big goal is like I wanted to make it to that national level. So there's all these cuts that you have to get. And for, for two meets in a row, I, at my best event was a 500-yard freestyle. I missed the national cut by two-tenths of a second over the course of 500 yards. That's what shows up on the, on the, on the, the radar okay, of, of collegiate coaches. You have to get that next level. And I missed it twice. And I remember my coach asking me, okay, if you didn't make that cut, Mike, would you feel like your season was wasted? And I was like, no. You know, because I dropped time, I got faster, I got stronger, I was enjoying it still. And then next meet, I had my breakthrough swim, and then I, I, I crushed it. I, I broke that, that, that barrier by like four seconds. Um, and that's what put me on the radar of, of college scouts. But even then, I knew, no, it's worth it. Whether I got to that next level or not, it was, it was worth it because it was the journey. And, and, and for me growing up, um, it was my friends on my club swimming team. Those are my closest friends, more so than the friends I went to high school with. Um, we still, I, I do a better job keeping in touch with them than I do the kids I went to high school with. Um, and the discipline, too. There's something so much to be said for the discipline your kids will learn in their, in their training like, it still serves me well today. I get up most mornings at 4.50 so I can swim in the morning to start my day. And it's easy to do because I've done it for a lifetime. Um, when uh, I, I don't have the time to go into my whole swimming uh, college career thing that led me to Christ, but I ended up quitting swimming my junior year uh, in, in college. And um, it was post-swimming, like, like, without the discipline that swimming required that kind of forced me into my routine, the worst grades I had the entire time I was in college was when I wasn't swimming 20-plus hours a week. I had more time, and I didn't know what to do with it. 
I mean, I, I had more energy, too, that I knew what to do with. Um, and I was lost because I needed the discipline that came with, with my sport. Um, and that was just an incredible, something I'm just very thankful for. And then number eight, remember this whole point, and I know you guys missed the beginning of this, but it's all about keeping an eternal perspective. Do not give in to the parent sports culture. And there is a culture out there that will devour you, eat you alive, all right? It's that culture that says, what? Your daughter isn't playing, she's five and she hasn't started playing soccer yet? She'll never catch up. Um, it's that same culture that says, if you're not playing club, you will never play varsity in high school. All right, that's just not true. If your kid's good enough to play varsity, they will play varsity, whether they play club or not. And my daughter is proof of that. We were told repeatedly, if Maddie is not playing club uh, lacrosse and traveling all around the country, she'll never play uh, lacrosse for Westland High School. It's a very competitive program. And, I'm, and remember, I'm the competitive guy. I'm the driven guy. And I'm thinking, Maddie, okay, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. But we just asked her, Maddie, do you want to play club lacrosse? She's like, no, no, because if I did that, I wouldn't be able to go to camp in the summer. She goes to this Christian camp that Kathleen and I helped start years ago down in Texas. No, she wants to spend three weeks of the summer at camp. She wants to be able to travel. She wants to go to Korea on the mission trip. She wants to go to Rwanda, Rwanda with me. She wants to be able to serve here in the junior high ministry. And she wouldn't be able to do any of those things if that sport was dominating it. Um, had Maddie wanted to do that, I would have gotten behind it. I would have let her pick that path. There's pros and cons to that. My path, super driven, focused, and I don't regret it. But it was me. I, I was driving it, remember? Um, I, she had the choice, and she chose, she chose not to. And Mason, the same thing. I kept thinking, oh, my gosh, bud, like, you got it. You got to take it to the next level. That's what I'm thinking. But he didn't want to. For the same reasons, he wanted to do different things. And he's doing great in high school. Um, something else I think is really important um, don't pray for wins. Don't pray for victories. I think as parents, that's the first thing we want to do. Like, Lord, let's, let us win. Let us win. I started thinking, I've thought so much about that. I'm like, I think this is, it's always let the Lord's will be done. But I think in this world, like, there's so much to be learned and gained from defeat, okay? From those trials, those tribulations. It's not always about the win. If you always win, you're not going to learn some of life's most important lessons. And I remember finding myself praying. You know, when Maddie was going out for lacrosse, I was praying. I was praying that she would make varsity. I really wanted her to make varsity because that was her goal. And I'm like, but maybe that's not the most important thing. Maybe it's better to be, on, be humbled, play on JV for a year. All right? Maybe that's, there's more. Maybe she could be a leader on JV or maybe she was a varsity. She would never play. I don't play, pray for victories. You know, I pray for great competition. I pray for fun. I pray for, you know, no injuries. You know, but just, I let it just, I just let it unfold. Um, also remember club sports, they're, they're you know, traveling teams, there's, there's good in those things, but they are money makers. Okay, it is a business. And lots of times they do not have your child's best interest in mind. You're a paycheck. Um, they'll tell you what you need to hear just to keep your son or daughter on their team on that program. You have to have the wisdom to think, nope, this isn't working for us. Okay. Remember, you're the parent. You are in control of this. You're not blindly turning your kids over. Um, if there's really bad negative coaching that's hurting your child, yank them out of it. All right. 
if there's an official you could talk to that's above that coach, let them know, hey, this, uh, this behavior is it's really inappropriate. Um, you have authority and control as a parent. Don't relinquish that. Um, get them on a different team if that's the case, all right? Not just because the coach is hard or demanding. That's very different, okay? Um, but just if there's that negativity or the ugliness that comes from it, that, that's not healthy. And there's a line there for sure. Um, here's a great quote. You can do anything that you want, but you can't do everything. Have you ever heard that before? I love that. You can do anything you want. We tell her, you can do anything you want, but you can't do everything. So you're going to have to say no to some things, okay? And that is okay, parents, to say no. Like, nope, we're not going to do it. That's too expensive. We're not going to do it. You want those cleats, okay? These cleats are $30. These cleats are $95. You want to make up the difference in that? All right, you're going to earn it. Um, I think sometimes as parents, we feel like, oh my gosh, am I being a good parent? Am I, am I supporting my kid in every way that they can? There's some valuable life lessons we can impart to our kids in the way we approach our sport. Um, and they can benefit from too, helping them make the decisions in that. And as always, always, always keeping that eternal perspective. Remember, there's something bigger at stake. There's life lessons and there's that gospel platform. Um, let me share this quote. Our culture encourages parents to become preoccupied with crowding their children's academic, athletic, and social resumes with the accolades that count most in our culture but don't have any bearing on eternity. And guys, it is a trap. It is easy to fall into. I have fallen into that. This from, uh, comes from Tim Kimmel. He is the guy that, uh, who has written the grace-based parenting curriculum that I love so much. I love his perspective on, on life uh, and parenting. Uh, I think it's great. And I'll close with this. I think this is wonderful, too. Your child's success or lack of success in sports does not indicate what kind of parent you are, but having, athletic, uh, having an athlete that is coachable, respectful, a great teammate, mentally tough, resilient, and tries their best is a direct reflection of your parenting. This is the goal, all right? I think down here, not so much, again, as we talked about, the wins, the victories, that kind of thing. So... Um, that is my spiel. That is where my heart is. That is what I'm passionate about. And again, I have blown it. We've done, Kathy and I together have done some really good things, but yes, but we have blown it. And I'm always honing it, always working on this. Um, I'm going to pray for us, and I would love to answer questions. We can have a discussion or talk more, because I know you are in the fight right now. And it's a, it's a really important one. But let me pray. Father, thank you um, just for this chance to, to share and talk with these parents. And we recognize that there is so much good to be gained from our kids participating in sports, and we want to make sure we are championing them in the right ways, in the best way, and the things that really matter. Um, and I speak for myself, but I know I can get so caught up in the wrong things. Just being as competitive as I am, I want to die more and more to that. I want there to be more and more grace in my life, and I want to make sure I'm encouraging and challenging in the right ways. So I pray that for all of, our, all of us here as parents uh, would do that, um, and that there'd be wonderful life lessons our kids can learn as they're competing in their sports, and, uh, and I pray too, Father, that we will win that prize that really matters, the eternal prize, not the one that fades, but the one that lasts forever. Um, so thank you, Father, and ask that you would help us to that end. And it's in your son's name that I pray. Amen.